0: This is episode number 629 with New York Times bestselling author, Elizabeth Smart. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Anne Lamette said, hope begins in the dark, the stubborn hope that if you just show up and you try to do the right thing, the dawn will come. Welcome to today's episode. And today is a special one with Elizabeth Smart, who is a child safety activist and New York Times bestselling author. She also gained widespread attention at the age of 14 when she was kidnapped from her home and rescued nine months later. You might have heard about this on the news a while back. Now she helps promote the National Amber Alert, the Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act, and other safety legislation to help prevent abductions. She's also a news reporter covering crime stories. And in this episode, we talk about the biggest lessons she learned about forgiveness since being found. Also, how forgiveness and self-love are related. Her definition of hope the importance of owning your story, no matter what, and the biggest lesson she learned from her captors. This is a powerful one. I'm so excited for you to dive into this information. But before we get in, I wanna give a shout out to the fan of the week. This is from Ryan Hill who said, this podcast has totally changed my outlook on life. It's given me the strength to shape my future and choose what I wanna do. Every episode seems to relate to real world situations that I deal with every day And I take this knowledge and apply it every day. Keep it up, Lewis. I hope other people are feeling as motivated as me after hearing your message each time they listen. So Ryan Hill, thank you for listening, for leaving the review. It means a lot to me. And make sure to leave a review over on iTunes if you haven't left one yet. I'd love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted your life as well. flavors french vanilla sweet and creamy and caramel macchiato so you can switch things up depending on your mood look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista international delight cold foam creamer it's foaming delicious and let me know what you guys think of this episode take a screenshot tag me on instagram the link is lewishouse.com slash 629 with the one and only elizabeth smart Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We have Elizabeth Smart in the studio. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. All the way from Utah. You have a book out right now, and uh, congrats on everything that is in this book. It's helping a lot of people right now, so congrats, and I recommend you guys go get it. You have an amazing story, which you've told thousands of times and a lot of people know about. But for those that don't know, you were kidnapped uh, as a teenager, a young teenager, right? Mm-hmm. You were 14 and essentially held captive for nine months. Yes. Sexually abused, starved, you know, mistreated, misused, all the things that are horrible to think about. And you came out on the other side, now happily married with kids and helping give back to humanity, which I think is a beautiful thing. So I want to acknowledge you and congratulate you for coming out on the other side of what some would say is one of the most horrific experiences they could ever imagine happening to them. You've continued to give back and use this this experience as a blessing to give and inform and help and educate and inspire humanity. So I want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, What's been the biggest lesson about forgiveness for you that you've learned, you know, not, over the last 15 years since this happened, what's been the biggest lesson for you about forgiveness in general?
1: Well, I think actually when I came to write this book, The Biggest Lesson For Me, I mean, I knew how I always felt about it. I just never really knew how to say it. And I'd always grown up hearing forgiveness is not for you. I mean, forgiveness is for you. It's not for the other person. Right. And when I'd hear that, it just kind of went in one ear and out the other. But then when I finally sat down to write the chapter on forgiveness and I really had to think a lot about what I felt forgiveness was, what it meant to me, what it's meant to me in my own life, it got me really thinking. And it, of course, brought me back to that same phrase, forgiveness is for yourself and not for the other person. And as I sat there thinking about it and how I felt about it. And as I interviewed these other people for this chapter about forgiveness, that phrase really brought new meaning to me that it is for yourself. It's not for the other person. I think we so often Mm -hmm. think that forgiveness is like a two-way street. Right. That it takes someone to be like the offender and the other person to be the victim and the forgiver. But as I went through writing this book, I changed my mind on that. I don't think that it is a two person thing i think it's very much an individual thing i mean i think i feel like forgiveness is probably the greatest expression of self love you can give yourself because i think that it's letting go of the terrible things inside you at first i think you do need to acknowledge what's happened to you i think i think it's perfectly natural mm-hmm. and normal to be angry to be frustrated to like feel
0: Pissed off of the world or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. To feel all those feelings, I think that's okay. You probably should feel it. I don't think you'd be <laughs> human if you didn't. Yeah. And so I think feel those feelings, but then also come to a point where you decide, okay, like I've I've acknowledged it, like I've expressed my emotions, and now I'm going to move on with my life. And I don't necessarily think that that's like okay, like everything's just going to be you know like butterflies and roses moving forward, but. I think it's having that goal of continually moving forward, loving yourself enough to let go of like those poisonous feelings yeah. inside you yeah. to like allow peace and joy and love and as tacky and cliche as it sounds, all of those kinds of positive emotions back into your life to replace where all that negativity was. Mm-hmm. So I do believe that forgiveness is a very individual thing and it's not necessarily like a condonement of the actions that have happened to you from someone else. I mean, for instance, my case, I'll never be okay. I'll never think that rape is okay. I'll never think that kidnapping is okay. I just never will. And so I feel like I have had forgiveness brought into my life. I've forgiven my captors. I've moved on. But that doesn't mean that I'm okay with rape or kidnapping. That happening to anyone ever. It means that I've accepted it's happened to me. I've felt anger. I've felt frustration. I've felt that pain. And I have released it. I've let it go. And I have moved on in my life and mm-hmm. filled that space with you know, positive things. Yeah.
0: How long did it take you to forgive and move on?
1: Well, my mom, the morning after I was rescued, she said, "You know, Elizabeth, these people are terrible. They've taken so much of your life from you. Uh, they've stolen nine months that you'll never get back. But the best punishment you can give them is to be happy, to move on with your life. And so she said that, I mean, like, right when I got home and that just immediately made sense to me so I was like well yeah of course I'm gonna do that (laughs) and I definitely like had my ups and downs there were definitely times when I would think this is so unfair why did this have to happen to me I didn't deserve that I didn't do anything to to bring that upon myself but um, I eventually got to a point where I don't ask those questions anymore I don't I don't feel sorry for myself anymore I don't Sure. I wish it had never happened because I wish those things didn't happen to anyone. But I've accepted the fact that it has happened to me and I've been able to
0: go mm-hmm. on. If you could go back to that that day and change the story, would you wish it didn't happen to you or you actually feel like you're better off for it happening because of what you've learned and how you can actually help more people in the process?
1: It's an interesting thought and I've thought a lot about it. Would I? And there are some things that I'm like, that would have been really nice just to, you know, just...
0: Have a normal childhood. Be
1: like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. like, so there have definitely been times that I've been like, what would I have been? What would I have done? Where would my life be now? But I also recognize the fact that I wouldn't be doing half the things that I'm doing today had I not been kidnapped. I wouldn't have half the voice that I have today if I hadn't been kidnapped. And as much as I'd like to think that I would care as much about these topics Mm -hmm. as I do today had I not been kidnapped, I honestly just don't know. Yeah. So I guess...
0: Because it wouldn't have had an effect
1: on you. I don't know if I would have gone back and changed things, but I'm not sorry that they did happen to Mm -hmm. me because of how it's affected my life and because of the opportunities it's given to me that I wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What was the biggest fear for you during that time?
1: Well, definitely that, I mean, they threatened me every day that they were going to kill me. They were going to kill my family. So the thought that they would kill my family, Mm. that was pretty scary. Because there were times when I was like, death death would be better than this. Right. But the thought that they might go after my family or go after my sister, that was scary. And so that's why I did what they said. Just did
0: whatever, yeah. What was the feeling when you saw your family for the first time?
1: Well, when I first saw my dad, I mean I had I had gone from being with my captors, they had handcuffed me and put me in the back of the car, which I immediately started thinking, I'm in trouble. Wow. I mean, cause Oh really? Because yeah. like who who gets put in handcuffed. the back of a police yeah, car yeah. handcuffed and not be in trouble? So I immediately thought, I'm in trouble, shoot. And so they brought me to this room and no one told me what was going on. And so I just kept thinking, that I'm like, I'm going to jail. Right. I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I survived nine months with these people. <laughs> and now I'm I'm going to jail. That's wow. just it. And so I didn't like have any warning and my dad just walked into the room. So it kind of took a moment for like the thoughts to like, connect in my yeah. brain. Wow. But um, I remember remember he came running in and he just looked at me for a second and then he said, Elizabeth, is it really you? And then he came over and he just picked me up in this huge hug and it was sometime in there that, like, I finally, like, realized what was going on. And it was that moment that I remember just knowing that whatever lay ahead of me, it was going to be okay. Mm. I still thought I might be going to jail. I still, like, wasn't reassured that I wasn't. (laughs) But I knew it was going to be okay because my dad was there and he wasn't going to let anybody else hurt me the way these two people had hurt me the last nine months. What
0: was your thought process and what was there something that you told yourself every day or something you thought about that held you on to the hope of getting out of there?
1: Well, for me, which actually is... I mean, it's, it's wonderful for me, but it's so tragic for other victims because my kidnapping was by strangers. All of the terrible things that I went through came from strangers. And so when I was kidnapped, I was able to find my hope in my family's love, that they would never stop loving me. Maybe nobody else would. Nobody else would want to talk to me or be my friend. That was going to be okay, but my family would still love me. And the tragic thing about abuse and rape and violence and kidnapping in today's world is that actually most of the abuse that happens, most kidnappings that happen, they actually come from your family. Really? Kidnappings? Or from someone that you know, someone that you trust. And I, I just feel sick about it because that betrayal is so deep. And where are they going to go next to find their support? I mean, it divides so many families because half of the family believes you. Half of them is angry at you for bringing this up because you've caused this rift. And they don't think, how could this person do that? You know, that person's my my husband or my father or my brother or my uncle or my best friend. They'd never do that. I know them. They'd never do that. And so the survivor is left you know, not being supported, not having a safe place to be. You know, living in fear, doubting themselves if they did the right thing. Should they have just kept quiet? Should they? Are they making it a bigger deal than what it is? And right. and that always makes me pretty sick to my stomach. That always makes me really sad because no victim should feel that way. I mean, every victim needs support. Every yeah. victim needs a safe place to go. They need you know healing and, yeah. and kindness and they shouldn't be made to doubt themselves.
0: Right. Do you feel like you're still healing today or do you feel like you've fully healed from the process?
1: I think I think we're all healing from life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I certainly don't have a perfect life, but I feel like I have healed sufficiently from what I went through oh. that I can function as a normal human being right. and still try to make a difference. Yeah.
0: What's your definition of hope now, and has your perspective changed over the last 15 years on hope?
1: I think hope is finding something that you can hold on to no matter how dark your life may seem, how bad things may seem, and that one speck of something you find is going to carry you through. You can hold on to it no matter what. I guess I feel like that's that's what hope is. It's that little piece of light whether you know it's family or faith or sports or a passion in life, but it's it's holding on to that to get you through whatever whatever crappy day or crappy thing you're going through. Mm-hmm. It's holding on to that.
0: What if you feel like there is no hope?
1: I beg to differ. Mm-hmm. I think you just have to find it. Yeah. Um, I think there's always hope. I I do recognize that there are a lot of people who do struggle all the time everybody has a story everybody has something and it can get pretty dark it can seem you know it can seem like it's pitch black but i think that's just when you have to look all the harder to find it and you know maybe it's seemingly small or silly but Mm -hmm. finding that and and holding on to it it could be anything
0: yeah Hey guys, I wanna take a quick break from this conversation with Elizabeth to tell you about one of the best sources I've found for running your online business. If you're looking to build your brand online, then look no farther than Weebly.com greatness. Now this is a place where Weebly lets you build your brand, promote your products and process payments, manage inventory and engage directly with your customers all in one convenient place. And because every business is different, You can pick from a huge menu of apps and features to keep your business growing and running smoothly. And you're never alone because the Weebly support team is there for you when you need them. There's no scripts or robots, just an incredibly knowledgeable team, people whose sole job is to help you succeed. There's beautiful, modern, easy to build online store templates, powerful e-commerce tools to help turn shoppers into buyers. There's integrated marketing tool to help connect your customers and keep them engaged. Tons of apps, so much available here. Make sure to check it out at Weebly.com slash greatness to learn more and get 15% off your first purchase. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y.com slash greatness. Weebly, more than just a beautiful website. Now back to the conversation. What about those who have caused the abuse or the trauma or the kidnapping or the rape? How do they find hope once they've been caught and had their punishment or gone to jail or whatever has happened? How do they find hope in coming out the other side better?
1: Well, I guess I'm a lot more sympathetic to victims and survivors than I am to... Predators and
0: mm-hmm. victimizers. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of them out there. And there are. You know, are with all the people who have been sexually abused women, you know, one in six men.
1: I mean, that I means think there's
0: a lot of predators out there in the world, there unfortunately.
1: Are. There are.
0: And so, is there hope for a large portion of the world that is predators? I
1: mean, Getting me to go back on what I say. I mean, I do believe that there's hope for everybody, but there are some things that I think if you make those choices, there's no coming back from. Them. No coming back. If you, you can't redeem
0: yourself, you if can't. If you rape
1: a child, no, I don't think you can come back from that. I'm not God, though. Right. So.
0: What should happen if someone does that, or does something? They kidnap someone, or rape someone, or what do you think, do they have no hope the rest of their life to live a meaningful life if they make a mistake or commit this horrible crime, is, is, or? Is
1: raping a child a mistake? No, that's a choice. That's not just, oh, my penis slipped out of my pants and up this four-year-old's vagina. That doesn't happen like that. I mean, it I'm is not a very saying, I'm not
0: conscious
1: it's, decision. It's I not it. a
0: mistake. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate in the sense of, <laughs> if someone makes this choice, Right, this conscious decision to do something horrible. They're 25 years old and they do this. Whatever it is, kidnap someone, rape a child. I was sexually abused and raped when I was five. So I understand and it was 25 years of trauma and heartache and a lot of pain and suffering. So I'm not defending anyone who does this because I had it happen to me. I'm asking your point of view of if someone does do this and makes that decision to hurt someone else's life, Mm Do they, uh, are they unable to live a meaningful life for the, the remainder of their years if they have a very long life to live? Do they suffer the rest of their life? Can they not contribute to humanity anymore? Or is anyone who makes a horrible mistake, a medium mistake, a small mistake, do they all suffer for the rest of their life? So. And where's the line? of, well, that's really bad and that's just bad and raping a kid's bad, like, no coming back. Kidnapping someone for a day, maybe you come back, but kidnapping for nine months, never, to, you know, all the different crimes and things that are out there.
1: So, I'm a person of faith, so, I mean, I, I do believe in God, I do believe in Jesus Christ, I do believe in his atonement, so if I said there's no hope for anybody, That would not be very Christian of Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) So I would say that, yes, I do believe there's hope for those predators. But I also believe that they forfeited certain rights. So do I think they should have the same freedoms as everyone else? No, I don't. There are some crimes that I feel like are so penis that you do forfeit in some cases your life because of what you've done
0: do you forfeit living a happy life
1: I think in many cases yes and I look at my own captors and I think of them do I think they're sorry for what they did to me no I don't think they're sorry I don't think they regret I don't think that if they could go back in time they would go back and not kidnap me I think they would. And I think during the trial, there was ample proof of every life that they touched. They tried to destroy. Wow. They poisoned. I mean, so both of them, it was, they both had prior marriages. And um, Wanda Barzee's daughter came and lived with them for a while. And Brian Mitchell was extremely manipulative, very, very controlling. One day she decided to go out with her friends, not come home. And what happened? But that night they fed her pet rabbit to her without telling her. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think that they, they were evil people. Mm-hmm. And so they won't ever be sorry for what they did. I'll never get an apology from them. I'll never get, I'm so sorry I did this. We should have never done this. Like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to make amends for that. I don't think they're going to do that. And I think, actually, there are probably very few predators that actually would feel that way. I could be wrong. I mean, I haven't spent tons of time with predators other than my own captors. Right. But, I mean, I think what people end up being sorry for is that they get caught. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think predators who commit sexual crimes are so dangerous. And that's why I think that their crimes are so serious because it's so often they are repeat offenders. And so I think that when they when they commit those kinds of sexual crimes, that they forfeit their right to freedom. Mm. That they do need to stay locked up. Mm. Yeah. Not Not just to mention that, but I mean, if you're a survivor of it, then you know, like, it's not like a crime like murder. It's not just over and done with. It's not a crime of theft. It's not just over and done with. I mean, being a victim of, of rape, of sexual violence, is something that can haunt you for the rest of your life. It can right. destroy you from the inside out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just a simple, easy crime to say, right, five years and right. you're done. Ten years and you're done. Because it's something that will haunt some victims till the day they die.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. What's your thoughts on, is there a difference between a collective community having hope versus one person having hope? Is one more powerful than the other?
1: I think the more people that you have, certainly it's going to be more powerful. But that's not to say that one person's hope can't overcome anything else.
0: Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you've given up hope on?
1: Anything that I've given up? Well, I did used to dream of being a rodeo queen. (laughs) I think I've given up hope on that one. Have you? (laughs) I think so.
0: What about, I mean, in your own personal life, personal healing or forgiveness? Is there anything that you've yet to let go of?
1: I think that, no, I feel like I'm pretty at peace with Mm -hmm. myself, with my experiences. I don't feel like there's lingering anger or malice or... Yeah. I certainly have very strong feelings towards topics that I work on and Mm. talk about all the time. But I don't feel like I have negativity left Mm. inside me because of what happened.
0: Yeah. How can people be more uh, educated to not commit these things? And what do you think the root cause is of people doing these things?
1: I've thought a lot about it. I have thought a lot about it. And I don't know that there's like a one-size-fits-all answer. I mean, I think there's probably a lot of factors into it. A lot of times, I recognize that people have abuse in their own lives themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a cause and effect. Right. Um, I don't think just because you know I was kidnapped and raped, I'm going to go out and kidnap and rape someone. So I don't think it's. I don't. I don't necessarily think that's true. But I'm not sure. I know that there are influences that. Can impact predator behavior a lot, for instance, pornography. I think pornography is terrible. The because my captors they used to bring pornography in into this the hidden camp where they held me hostage at, and he would sit there and he would just it wasn't looking at pornography, I mean, it was being like fully engaged just like completely engrossed in looking at these women and looking at them having sex and and looking at how they were naked looking how they opened their legs up and and every time he looked at pornography every single time he looked at pornography the next thing he would do would rape me and it was always worse it was always wow worse so I think there are definitely influencing factors Mm -hmm. on that kind of behavior and I think I think pornography is one of them I think pornography is extremely damaging and extremely dangerous
0: yeah do you believe in people
1: yes I do I think I how could I not I mean it was people who who brought me home I mean almost almost not a day goes by that I am not approached by someone who said There are times that you remember in your life exactly where you were at. And the day that you were rescued is one day where I remember exactly where I was at. And I prayed for you every single day while you're gone. So, yes. That's pretty amazing. I absolutely believe in people.
0: Mm. What do you wish more people knew about owning our own stories?
1: I wish that... I, don't know. I wish people would be a little bit kinder to each other. Mm-hmm. I wish people would be able to find hope a little bit more because we've all experienced something in our lives. we've all had bad days we've all we've all gone through things whether it's you know losing someone that you love, getting a disease, going through experiencing a violent crime, whatever it is, we've all been through something and you'd think that because we've all experienced some kind of hardship in our life, we'd all be able to be a little bit kinder to each other and a little bit more compassionate and have a little bit more empathy to each other, but yeah. um, we don't. And I think that's that's sad, so I do wish people, I wish people could see that. And I also wish that people could realize that no matter how dark your life is, no matter how, how hard it is, there is always a reason to keep going. There is always a reason to find your little bit mm-hmm. of hope and to not give up.
0: What's the reason?
1: That's the reason it's going to be, I think, different for everyone. But I think common themes you'll find with most people is family, is love, is faith, is the hope for a better future. The hope to see a change come about.
0: Yeah. What's the biggest lesson that you learned from your captors?
1: The biggest lesson that I learned from my captors? As a victim as a survivor, that there is, you didn't do anything wrong. There's, like, whatever your situation is, you didn't make the wrong choice. This was not because of something that you did or you deserved. Mm -hmm. This came from the actions of other people, and it doesn't need to define who you are. I think it's it's so easy to, when we go through kind of these big experiences in life, to feel like, well, that's it. That's me. Like, how will I ever move on from this? And I think probably that biggest lesson is to recognize that we actually have fairly small control over what happens to us, over the circumstances around us. But we do have 100% control when it comes to how we react, when it comes to what we're gonna do next. And so I think ex- accepting, realizing that it's not what happens to you that defines who you are, it's ultimately your decisions mm-hmm. that define who you are. I think that was probably my biggest lesson. Yeah.
0: Did you learn that while you were in this nine month period? Did you start telling yourself that it's how I react to what they do to me that's gonna determine
1: my I mean, I don't think it was happiness. like as articulate as <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah but i think it was just do what you have to do to survive yeah. elizabeth whatever decision you make right now it's not wrong because you're doing it to survive so even if that's you know doing things that you promised yourself you were never going to do it doesn't matter they're not wrong because it's going to help you survive right. and i actually think that's really important for victims to acknowledge because i think too many victims and and not just of sex crimes but Victims of, of anything feel this too often, that somehow they start feeling guilty because they might seemingly have joined in or they allowed it to happen. But truthfully, could many of them stop it? Probably not.
0: Or it might have been worse off.
1: Or exactly. Might have been worse off. And so I hope that victims, that survivors, have a sense of relief because the decisions that you make to survive
0: are not wrong right If what we go through doesn't define us, what does define us?
1: It's your decisions. It's how you live your life moving on. It's it's what you decide to do next. I mean, you know, some things are very difficult to move on from. Some things feel like they're monumental and how could I ever get past this? But I think even just making that decision, that decision to have the desire to move past it, I think that's the first step. yeah. I think it's okay. There's no timeline. It's not saying I went through this today and tomorrow I have to be okay. Next month I have to be back at work. Following month I need to get a raise or a promotion. I don't think there's there's a timeline. I mean, I think it's going to be a process for anyone. And that process is you know, going to be a different period of time for, for anybody. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's healthy to compare yourself to anyone else. But just to even have that desire to move on, to not just, wallow in self-pity because we're all human. I'm sure we all do it sometimes. But to eventually come to that point where you say, okay, I need to deal with this and then I need to let it go.
0: Mm-hmm. Was there anything that they did that you thought was good?
1: Anything that Or that they was did.
0: nice? Or that you were like, huh, there was like a, uh, a glimmer of like some, wow, there's something good about these people. Or was everything always... Wrong. Did they ever do anything nice for you or say something thoughtful or was it always manipulative and negative?
1: My captors were very smart. They were very smart.
0: And you were young.
1: In how they appeared to the world. They were very smart in how they... Um, and how they acted and how they played out this facade. So they never just sat there and said, you're so dumb or you're so ugly. They never said that to me. I mean, they'd say things like, oh, you're so special. That's why God chose you. You're so special. Like, that's why you're meant to be my second wife. And that's why I was commanded to go and get you. It was because you weren't as evil as the rest of the world. Wow. So I feel like that was almost worse, actually. I think I would have rather had someone sit there and say, well, you're dumb. Right. <laughs> well, you're ugly. Well, you know, this is your fault. I think I'd rather have someone say that to me mm-hmm. because they tried to take things that, that were very special to me, being that I do have faith in God, that I uh, do believe they took those things that are very special to me, and then they try to twist them and twist them and twist them and, and ruin them. Um, and so that was, yeah. I feel like, extremely manipulative. And I feel like a lot of a lot of abusers, a lot of predators, are like that. It's not just like mindless, mindless crimes. I mean, a lot right. of them. What makes them so terrible is that they are thought out. Is mm-hmm. that they are. Just the way that they've portrayed everything is what makes them so bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is called The Three Truths, a question I ask everyone at the end. You've written a couple of great books. You've shared a lot of your messages all over the world on the media. You've spoken everywhere, done workshops. And you're probably going to continue to do these things for a long time, I assume. Let's imagine it's the last day for you many years from now, and you get to choose when that day is. And for whatever reason, you have to take all of your message and your work with you Mm -hmm. when you go. So there's no more work available for other people to read of yours. Mm -hmm. There's no videos to watch. You have to take it all with you. Mm -hmm. But you get to write down on a piece of paper the three truths that you know to be true about your life that you would pass on to everyone else. This would be your message to the world in three lessons or three truths. What would you say are yours?
1: That I learned or that I want
0: you'd want the world to know. Three things you'd want the world to know, and this is all that they would have access to of your information.
1: Okay. If
0: it came down to three lessons or three truths that you could help the world with and share with.
1: Okay, I would want people to know that no matter how dark your life may seem, there's always light to find. I would want people to recognize the fact that we all have our experiences and it doesn't hurt to be a little kinder it doesn't hurt to have a little bit more compassion and i the third thing it would just have to be that it doesn't it doesn't matter what's happened to you ultimately you decide who you are
0: Mm, that's true
1: so i guess it'd be those three things those
0: are great those are great I appreciate and acknowledge you for all the work you're doing again to to help people, to to share with people the information about how we can have more hope. Because there's so many challenges that we all go through, even if it's not sexual abuse or being kidnapped or other tragic things. There's other things we go through. And you talk about different stories of people you've talked with who've had instances in their life where they feel like there is no hope and you you talk about how you can find that. So, I acknowledge you for doing this work and make sure you guys check out the book. It's called Where There's Hope, Healing, Moving Forward and Never Giving Up. Make sure to go get a copy of the book. Where can we connect with you online
1: or your website? I'm on Instagram or I've got my website. Um, where do Elizabeth, you hang out the most online? Probably Instagram. And what's the handle? Elizabeth Smart Official.
0: Okay, cool. So if people connect with you there, you'll probably see it most likely there. Yes. Awesome. And uh, what's the site? Is it elizabethsmart.com? Or?
1: Well, there is elizabethsmart.com, but then there's elizabethsmartfoundation.org as well. Okay.
0: Awesome. So we'll have that all linked up here on the show notes as well. Is there anything else that you'd want to share or that you think needs to be said before we wrap things up and get to the final question?
1: I'm sure I'll walk out of here and think of oh, dang it! I didn't I didn't say that. I should have said that. I missed it, because that always happens, doesn't it? It's always. I don't know. I feel pretty good pretty about good. it.
0: Well, then I have one more question, and that's what's your definition of greatness?
1: My definition of greatness would have to be putting the betterment of humanity before yourself.
0: There you go, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank Appreciate you. It.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: There you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this one. And if you did, again, make sure to let me know what you enjoyed the most about this. Tag me on Instagram, at Lewis on your Instagram story. And let's have a conversation over there. Post it over on Twitter, Facebook, all the places that you'd like to hang out. The link for this is lewishouse.com slash 629. And you can watch the full video interview back on the website there. We also just hit a quarter of a million subscribers over on YouTube. So congratulations to everyone who's subscribed. Thank you guys so much. And if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, just go head over to youtube.com slash Lewis House. Click on the subscribe button because we put out videos each and every week. Lots of great content. I don't want you to miss out on. Again, Thank you guys so much for being a part of the School of Greenness community. We continue to grow and spread this message to so many people around the world. I get emails every single day and messages from people all the time talking about the specific episodes that influenced and changed their life forever. So continue to share with us and our whole team who's listening what the podcast has done for you, how it's impacted you in your personal life, your fitness, your career, your business, whatever it may be, we want to hear from you. Feel free to send us a message over at lewishouse.com and tell us your story about how you've enjoyed the podcast, what it's done for you, and who you've shared it with. Again, Anne Lamott said, Hope begins in the dark. The stubborn hope that if you just show up and you try to do the right thing, the dawn will come. I love you guys very much. Thank you for all that you do. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.